to The Measure of a Fan, a Star Trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of Star Trek in chronological order, one of them for the very first time. My name is PJ Montgomery and I'm joined as ever by Matt Troy. Hello. And our resident Trek first timer, Elliot Red. Hey everybody. Today we're carrying on with Enterprise Season 2 and we are talking about Minefield, which I think is quite an interesting episode. I think we're going to have some stuff to say this week. It was written by John Shiban, Shiban, I don't know how that's pronounced, I apologise, uh, and directed by James Contner, who directed last week's episode as well. It is a Malcolm Heavy episode, <laughs> which is why I think we're going to have a lot to say as we go through it. We, we certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> so we open with Malcolm walking into the mess hall, nodding at the camera, and then walking through the mess hall to... Archer's private dining room and I do quite like that we finally get the geography of where the Archer's dining room is in relation to everything else and it's just a door off the mess hall I hadn't thought about that before I always just thought it was in his like his house (laughs) (laughs) is his dining room far from his quarters do you think uh I imagine quarters are probably on the same deck as the mess hall so I don't know maybe there's another door there is another door we see them bring the food through it but that would be from the kitchen so I don't know yeah. I always imagined it was like an annex to his room and you know, like occasionally he'd go off and like take a massive dump or something whilst tripping to Paul like <laughs> sat silently at the dinner table feeling really awkward. But yeah. Okay, I, I can Maybe he's got like a, a Wallace and Gromit style tube, so he presses a button <laughs> on his bed and it flips up and drops him into these clothes <laughs> and then into the mess hall. <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> uh but Malcolm thinks he's there to talk about work and Archer's trying to say, no, I've literally just invited you to have a chat over breakfast. And it does feel to me like they're finally trying to actually define the characters somewhat. The scene is awkward because it's Malcolm, but it feels like they're actually saying, look, Malcolm's the guy who can't really switch off from work. He's always on and that makes interactions with him weird. And they're trying to actually explain a little bit of why Malcolm is how he is. He's a math nerd. Yeah, it feels like for the first time there was a purpose to his awkwardness. Mm. Yeah. Rather than just being awkward and, and not explaining I'm it. I'm incredibly awkward. I follow <laughs> He doesn't follow I, Interestingly enough, I wanted to make a point of this on the top of the episode. There's some mixed Britishisms going on in this episode. He says football instead of soccer, which is correct. But later on he mm-hmm. says lieutenant instead of lieutenant, which is incorrect. It is, but British people have always said lieutenant on Star Trek, so I think it's just... But he was talking about a Royal Navy officer. Maybe they thought Americans wouldn't know what that meant. 
that's true. Also, they might have mm. changed it in the next hundred and whatever years it is. Well, it surprised me that the the, the World Cup's still going. That survived World War Three and nuclear <laughs> annihilation. Yes, I am surprised that the World Cup got a mention. <laughs> yeah, but the ball is now made of metal and it's covered in spikes. <laughs> and the losing team is beheaded. <laughs> have you ever played Speedball 2? Yes. Where do you think that <laughs> reference comes from? <laughs> Great game. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they talk about the Speedball 2 World Cup. <laughs> and Archer's getting frustrated. The Malcolm's going, oh, I want to talk about having an extra officer on duty in the armory, please. <laughs> and uh, so he triggers his plan he had all along where if things got awkward to Paul would call him and say, oh, we found a planet. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's just pressing a button under the table. like. <laughs> <laughs> to Paul rolling her eyes going, yes, I figured this would <laughs> I imagine she and Tripp are swapping money because they've bet on how long it would take. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet to Paul had done calculations that morning of how long it would take for the captain to need a bailout. <laughs> <laughs> he's um this is it reminds me a bit of like introvert and extrovert memes i'm going to send you a meme that i made with dodson and a nedry from jurassic park where dodson's got like his hat pulled over his eyes and like nedry's pointing at him and going dodson we got dodson here <laughs> and that, that's basically what's happening <laughs> captain archer is like an unashamed extrovert and he loves putting his big old face into all the situations that he can <laughs> But Malcolm Reed like feels feels really awkward about around anything that doesn't just explode. Yeah, it's it, because they go to the bridge once the planet has been discovered, and like, oh, phew, we're out of that breakfast. And then basically, a part of the Enterprise just then explodes. This is actually a really cool effect shot of some of the part of the saucer just blowing up cool. and being exposed to space and all these people on the bridge or being injured. And I actually, this, this sequence I, I thought was great. I think they did the lighting and the effects and the makeup work they did for the injuries. It looked superb. Lisa said, Malcolm planted that bomb to get out of breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah, is true. Oh my God. That's so plausible. Like, <laughs> just, oh, look, brilliant. can you tell me there's a planet? And Malcolm went, I better kill a bunch of people to get out of this. <laughs> I really love how it looked like that section of Hull had been like peeled away by an old-fashioned tin opener. <laughs> it was proper busted. Yeah, I really liked it too. It was really cool, and it was uh, a good thing to add some stakes. Uh, at this point, I think that's when the credits come, isn't it? Yeah. Just after the explosion. Yeah, it is. It is, but it's, it feels to me like it's sort of the first time we've seen actual consequences to the Enterprise getting damaged and how that can affect the crew and, and the ship. And yeah, as you say, Elliot, actual stakes. But to that extent, and again, we've mentioned this before, have we seen anybody die on Enterprise yet? I think a couple of people have been shot, haven't they, in the corridors? In one yeah. Of the scuffles with the, the, the shroomies, I think. The shroomies, I think, killed someone. So, did they? Did they kill an Enterprise member? Yeah. I think because... So that, I'm assuming that they gave up on that whole the first death has to mean something thing, but in which case it's a little irritating that nobody died in that explosion that literally took yeah. out like 30% of the ship. It would have been yeah. good for a couple of people to have died, I see. 
doesn't it doesn't impact my enjoyment of the episode, but it is a little bit irritating that the fact that everybody survived when they've if they've already yeah it was a huge part if they've already thrown a couple of people out the window like in previous <laughs> episodes yeah yeah even if it's just like two crewmen who happened to be in that corridor at the time but are oh, well. I also like the delivery of one of the people who was like, we've had all of these people mem- injured. And Hoshi, remember the one that you'll care about <laughs> other than all of the other ones? <laughs> yeah, Ho- Hoshi is badly injured in the explosion. And two two crew members just sort of pick her up in the most awkward fashion they can and cart her off to sickbay. Yeah, nobody checking that she's broken her back or anything. Just, just drag her no. off. No. <laughs> she thought that out. Yeah, so uh, we're told that quite a few people have been injured and sickbay is, is basically inundated and it's just flocks going, oh, put that one in the imaging scanner. Now put that one in the imaging scanner. You, imaging scanner. I'll put a leech on you. Imaging scanner for that one. <laughs> Everybody in the scanner. But then Travis finds that there's something else has hit the ship and, and attached to the hull. They can't see anything and there's no life signs, but they use the device they used to find the Sulaban cloaked ship previously recalibrate it and there is a cloaked mine attached to the enterprise which is a problem their general sloppiness at not tidying away their scanner actually worked for them yeah (laughs) yeah i didn't recognize that it was anything from a previous episode it's only because they said they said they'd used it to detect cloaked suliban ships and i went oh and they did do that so it must be the same device yeah fair enough well i then now that you've mentioned it, then I'll give them an extra point for it. <laughs> Ooh, they got an extra Elliot point. I was, I was. Can, can those points be redeemed anywhere? Um, yes, but not until uh, about a hundred years after the setting of Enterprise. Oh, right. okay. So they got to wait, and <laughs> most likely their ancestors will be able to oh, use these okay, points. That's great. You get a drink from Guinan in ten forward. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> that line where she said about the Sulabon scanners, I thought that she'd picked that up about the mines that that, that they were fooling. I was like, how how did she know? But I, I think that I kind of like put it to the back of my mind, but what you just said makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I do fit in this scene they're sort of I do like how Archer is sort of looking for options and things going to the crew. It feels like Archer's doing actual captaining here. Yeah. Which uh, again I, I, I quite like. He's sort of getting the suggestions going with the best option. And I, I again I feel like this is a, a step up from the archer we saw in season one. He just feels like he's more in control and not being taking stupid risks so much, potentially at this point. Yes. Yeah, agreed. I mean Obviously, I'm the one who would normally just jump on any kind of negative wagon here. But, no, I mean, no, they write him fairly well in this episode. I mean, they keep his, like, slightly annoying extrovert personality, as you say. But that is just who Captain Archer is. Mm. But in a situation like this, I mean, this was, you know, I will save my full verdict, but this was just a fairly good sci-fi <laughs> adventure, like... So yeah. uh, they played it fairly well, including ca- playing Captain Archer fairly well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I did enjoy how Malcolm Reed says, wish me luck, and then nobody says anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what happens now is Malcolm says, look, we've got to disable the mine. I've got to go out there and, and walk on the outside of the ship in one of our fancy spacesuits and disable it manually. So he does that. And yeah, as you say, he's like, wish me luck, everybody. And they're all like, fuck you, Malcolm. <laughs> 
Trip then arrives on the bridge and says, look, we can detach that section of hull plating if it comes to it, but it's a lot of work and it's very close to another important doodad that is very vulnerable and could blow up the ship, but we can do it. And Archer says, okay, start doing it, last resort, but we've got the option, we need that. So again, some some good captaining there to be aware that he might have to just kill Malcolm to save everyone else. (laughs) He doesn't know that that would kill Malcolm, yeah. (laughs) It would. (laughs) <laughs> he, they wouldn't tell Malcolm they would just <laughs> have him go what's that clicking sound <laughs> and you do get a, a terrible CGI shot of Malcolm walking across the ship yeah yeah. I'll, I'll forgive them that much I mean as yeah. far as Star Trek effects go it's probably not even in the bottom 70% of terrible Star Trek effects so yeah, and that's fine. To be fair, the the set they built for the outside of the ship, I did really like as well. Yeah. I thought that was very effective. Yeah, I I, I kind of like how you could see the serial numbers on the pieces of the hull as well. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice detail. Yeah. Do you think these spacesuits that they're wearing are the same spacesuits as before, like like identical, or do you think they've made changes between seasons? I don't know if Star Trek's the kind of show to do that or if their budget means that they would probably have used the same suits. Or... Funnily enough, I don't know about the spaceship. Spaceship? The space suits. But their uniforms are new. Oh. A- according to oh, Memory really? Alpha, this is the episode where the main cast members get new uniforms that are a slightly different shade of blue. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> they were saving them for about a year in. You know, it's like, oh. When we hit about a year in, we're all gonna have, we're gonna crack up the new spacesuits. It's gonna be exciting. <laughs> but then a ship decloaks near the Enterprise. Uh oh! So mm-hmm. it hails the Enterprise, but because Hoshi's in sick bay and, and not there, and the Universal Translator Topol's not very good at it, they don't know what they're saying. So the ship fires warning shots at both nacelles and then cloaks again. Yep, and I didn't know what it was. Oh, yeah. That's true. You wouldn't know who these guys are. We won't say, because it's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they've also discovered that the Enterprise is in the middle of a huge minefield, and there are loads more of these mines around. So Archer says to Travis, okay, let's let's move out of the minefield. We can detect them now. You've got your little joystick that's popped out of your console there. Yeah. So use that. <laughs> Why doesn't he use that all the time? It's the same as... This isn't a massive spoiler for you, Elliot. In uh, Insurrection, Riker takes manual control of the Enterprise and a little joystick pops out of the captain's chair for him to do so. And it's stupid. (laughs) What is manual control but flying the ship? Yeah. (laughs) But I did also, like, on the communicator, Malcolm saying, just let me know if you're going to go to warp. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let me know if you're going to turn me into a gigantic human Bloody Mary inside this spacesuit. <laughs> so while they're slowly moving through the minefield, Malcolm does start deactivating the mine, but then the Enterprise moves slightly and the mine shoots out a spike that goes straight through Malcolm's leg and impales him into the ship. Yeah. Oh. Yo, this was gnarly. I thought it was gnarly for, for Enterprise. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like. <laughs> Because it, because the spike specifically because, and this is just things I like about violence at this point. <laughs> but the way that the spike just like 
like came out at a mechanical you know clearly robotic pace it wasn't like fast it didn't instantly go boom and it just went straight through malcolm's leg and then like instantly froze over in the wound yeah like there was nice detail to it for how for how tame enterprise has been you know it was nice to see something pretty nice yeah it was it really was and it really looked like it went proper through his leg as well no messing around no like nicking his car just like yeah straight through his leg Yep. Yep. And then his uh, yeah, I think you said uh, it froze over. I think it's the suit releases a like liquid thing to seal oh, it. Yeah. Which oh, is that? Apparently, they then don't have two hundred years in the future during first contact. But you know, <laughs> so Archer now is like right. Malcolm's pinned. We can't get rid of this mine. Keep working on detaching the hull plating. Uh, I need you to do that trip, and that is the plot reason why I'm going to go out there and help him with the mine. Yeah. And, you know, as as far as plot devices go, I don't mind that so much. It did make sense that there's a reason to keep Trip in the Enterprise, and that, so they made a plot reason for Archer to be the one to go out there, and it worked for me. Yeah, this was quite neat, actually. I mean, I do wonder what any of Malcolm's staff were doing, because surely they could also do this. But, you know, for the sort of the necessities of the plot, and obviously to have a main character out there that we care about, yeah, it was good. I mean, we we do know from earlier in the episode, Archer, uh, sorry, Malcolm only has two members of staff, so they were probably both in sick bay, having been injured. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, it worked well enough to the point where I didn't question that. I didn't think about the fact that it, I, yeah, they 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 push Archer's determination to save his crew forward enough that you're not thinking about who could be out there. Because I mean, wouldn't Trip really be a better prospect of dealing with something entirely mechanical? The what we've uh, kind of seemed to be led to believe about Trip and his staff is that they only ever do work if he's there. <laughs> it seems like if Trip is not there, they'll just like sit around and read comics or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but yeah, it, it probably would have been better to have Trip out there, admittedly. Yeah, so Archie goes outside and Malcolm starts talking him through deactivating the mine. And around this point, there's a shot I really liked where you get archer and malcolm on the hull and then it zooms out so you see the whole of the enterprise yeah. it was just a nice way of showing the scale of the ship to the and how small it actually is really um but i, I really like that shot yeah i like some of malcolm's terrible gags here as well <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. i prefer a leg captain <laughs> <laughs> and that's implied yeah. that the chef would cook his leg <laughs> <laughs> yes, and served. Ro- ro- did you say roast reed? <laughs> yeah. You've got to fucking wonder what's going on in that kitchen, man. <laughs> also, you know they know what Malcolm's real job on the ship is, so cleaning up the shit. That is right. So you don't really want to eat him because you don't know what he's been in. <laughs> this is another one of those moments on Enterprise where you just think, why would they just? Why don't they just let Malcolm die? Like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What he that would be the easiest solution. Yeah, we do get a lot of Malcolm saying, "Just go, sir. You could kill me." And Archer going, "Look, you have a hero complex and a death wish. I get it. I don't give a shit, though." I will. I would never kill a man with an yeah. erection. Like that's basically what, um, <laughs> what Archer is saying. Yeah. He also does um, uh, an Oliver gag in this part. Doesn't he? he goes, "Please, sir." May I have some more? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He gets high. Yeah, when Archer gives him the um the the drugs that Flox yeah. has made, which presumably they went through the spacesuit as well, and then it's sealed up again or something. Maybe there's like a little 
thing in there you can put like medication through. I don't know. I I didn't. Did, did we see that happening? We see him administer it. We, we don't see, see the actual do something yeah. to the spacesuit. Something very nondescript and there's like a cannula on there or something. I don't know. That's a good point though. But back inside the ship, Topol and Trip are now in sick bay. They've taken the recording of what the aliens said to them down to Hoshi, who translates and says, "Ah, it's the." Romulan Star Empire and to Paul's like Romulan, you dipshit. <laughs> yeah. Do you know anything, you nerd? <laughs> like, wow. So Elliot, what do you know about the Romulans? Well, we had this discussion when they were mentioned in that shockwave, and the guy goes, What's the Romulan Star Empire? And he's like, Oh, put that down, you're not meant to know yet. Go away. Yeah. I don't know nothing. Okay. Great. Apart from that Eric Banner played one. Yes, he did. Yeah. So I like how they've done this in this episode, to be fair, because the established canon is that before the original series, but at some point after Enterprise, there is a war between Earth and the Romulan Empire. But neither side ever sees each other's faces. Their communications are only audio. You never, humans never actually see a Romulan, and the Romulans never see a human. And then you get that first visual contact in the original series. So I like how they did that, that they had this initial meeting with the Romulans. doesn't go well, but you don't actually see them. You just see their ships. Yeah. So like from a 1960s perspective, like they would have imagined maybe like this past future war to be done with like radios and nuclear missiles and this kind of thing. Obviously everything has been massively retconned by the time it comes around to Enterprise, but... I guess from the point of view of making a Star Trek series that wasn't like, you know, deep and complex, like something like Battlestar Galactica, they they just kind of had to go with this, didn't they? I would have liked to have seen that series where Earth fights the Romulans in big clunky metal aliens style spacecraft with nuclear uh, missiles and radios, but yeah, it's not to be. Yeah. Same. And I think this is a, this is though a case of them bringing in a legacy alien and doing them like, this is much better than how they did like the Ferengi in season one, I think. And, and I really like the Romulan ships because they do look like the, the ship we see in the original series is an ancestor of them. Very close one. Yeah. I think that they went with a green color, which obviously is a futuristic Romulan spaceship. Yeah. That's next gen. But that's fine. I can deal with that. Like, you know, every now and again, people suddenly change the color of things. But no, let's just make our spaceships white for 20 years and then we'll, we'll make green ones again. If, if, we, if we don't like this, <laughs> we'll repaint them. <laughs> well, it's the same way Starfleet goes. Let's have these natty red uniforms that everyone will wear in five films. And then we'll go back to having the three color structure. Yeah. And in fact, <laughs> for one of those films, they had like a beige uniform, didn't they? Yeah, or light blue, if you're lucky. Wow. Starfleet, man. <laughs> but we do get to Paul saying, you know, the, the Romulans are a very aggressive territorial race. We've never been able to make direct contact with them. And Archer says, hey, I saw that in the library. <laughs> he did say that. Library. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he didn't, but he did. I saw that in library. <laughs> 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 this um, oh god yeah this sort of this next bit where like him and Malcolm are having a chat again 
I started to feel like this is what Elliot would be like if he was forced to spend time with Captain Archer. (laughs) 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 Getting increasingly angry that his big old face is like messing around with things like, you know, disarming mind is an extremely delicate procedure. I'm trained for it. And you're a massive faced idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We do get a lot of that. And, and, you know, Malcolm says, now's not really the time for a chat. And Archie says, look, I'm nervous. This is how I calm my nerves, and I'm in charge. So you're chatting. <laughs> yeah. So where were we? So this morning at breakfast before we were interrupted, you said you didn't follow any particular sport. Well, I'm afraid I haven't started following one since breakfast, sir. Now... Go to the relay top centre. Watch that one. I believe it may be damaged. It'll need some extra torque to deactivate it. How about hobbies? Any hobbies? No, not really, sir. I sworn I seen you reading a book or two in the mess hall. Sir, do you really think that this is the appropriate time for a chat? It helps me focus. Calms my nerves. Well, it isn't calming mine. Sorry. It made you a little nervous this morning, too, didn't it? Why is that? If you must know, I was honored to be asked to sit at your table. I just wasn't entirely comfortable having a casual meal with my captain. I was trained not to fraternize with superior officers. Never too late to learn. It's that line where he says, I haven't started following yeah. football since this morning as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Archer, at this point, it's clear that Archer's, he's, he's almost glad that he's got you hostage so that he can press all the buttons he wants to. <laughs> and you can see it in the fucking conversation because he's, half paying attention to this mind that could instantly blow up and kill them all and you know but his main focus is on probing malcolm <laughs> so he's he's asking these questions <laughs> and uh, and uh, malcolm's not answering and he starts going so why why don't why don't you want to talk to people why don't you answer my questions and he gets met with silence and then just like other commands like another screwdriver more silence why don't you want to ask the questions more silence like four times and the pace of the scene is so (laughs) slow because they're moving in zero gravity so between every action archer in like double slow motion wanders over to hand him the screwdriver and will then lean over and will then ask why won't you talk to me (laughs) (laughs) and there's more silence and slow oh it was hilarious i love basically it's um captain archer is like Lena Dunham in Outer Space. And um, Malcolm Reed is like Moss from the IT crowd. They're never going to get on. (laughs) It's that whole thing where he's like, where did you learn to fraternize? And he's like, like, where did he learn to fraternize? And then was he... he, So he was in the Navy at some point, and then he went to Starfleet. Is that how this worked? Yeah, so his his whole family were were Navy. They were in the Royal Navy, and that was expected of him. But it turns out, scared of water. He says, no, I'm not scared of water. I'm scared of drowning. (laughs) Shut up, Malcolm. (laughs) um, It's just like a bunch of weird stuff. And 
yeah, he's like the Captain Archer's command style, and 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 Malcolm doesn't approve of it. Malcolm's just like at this point, he's just getting balls out. Like, look, mate, I just don't like you. Like, I respect you <laughs> because I love the chain of command more than life itself. Yeah, but shit, me, you're annoying. I I do quite like though the conversation they have about where Malcolm says, you know, I just don't believe in in fraternizing in the crew. We're here to do a job. We're professional. And then Archer's like, well, yeah, but at the same time, we could be out here a while, the nature of our mission. And, you know, this is what Star Trek shows do as well, Malcolm. We have to be friends. Yeah. There are a lot of lonely people out <laughs> there who want to imagine they can be friends with the people that they work with. And this is the dream that we're selling. <laughs> I understand that, but friends should not be the primary aspect of the relationship when your survival may depend on the professionalism of your relationship and your work. It's also, there's an exchange there where Archer says, oh, anything else you want to add? And Malcolm specifically says, yeah, you're really dangerous. And also you let people interject and control things too much. And Archer goes, yeah, but I would know what I was doing if they didn't. So <laughs> this, this is what I mean. This is exactly what I mean about this bit where you become the the role of Malcolm. Uh, yeah, I did like Malcolm saying, regarding security, I feel like you could show more caution, sir. And I was like, yeah, Malcolm's right there. Stop letting any old prick onto the ship whenever they want to. So it means you're dangerous. But then we also get more of Malcolm going, oh, just let me die. Yeah. He's, he's just desperate to die. Uh, and then two Romulan vessels decloak. Woohoo! Uh, they hail the Enterprise because the Hoshi's work. They can the Enterprise can now translate. So Topol says, "Look, we are trying to leave. We just we got this mine." And the Romulans go, "Yes, we know. We also know from our scans that you can detach your hull plating. So just do it." But there are two people outside. Kill them. We don't care. We're yeah. going to blow you up if you don't. Is this the bit as well where they they nav they successfully navigate the minefield? And then Trip says, uh, you've earned yourself a break, Travis. And Travis is like, thank you for remembering my name. <laughs> <laughs> Travis's name got said like two or three times this episode. Yeah, but not by Archer. Yeah. Well, he said it once. He calls. He says, Travis, man the helm. Well, before, just before he goes out to help. Oh, yeah. He says, uh, Malcolm. Travis, that, what do you do? Do the helm. And Travis like, I, I already was, <laughs> but okay. If you look carefully, he's got his name written on the back of his hand. <laughs> I thought you were going to say on the back of his head, like Travis's actual head. <laughs> Travis written on the back of his head. <laughs> That's really helpful. Because he's sick of people not knowing his He's sick of people not knowing his name. He's written it there himself for everyone sitting behind him. I thought you meant Archer got a label maker for Christmas. <laughs> Everyone's got one on the back of their head, like <laughs> when they're working on the bridge. <laughs> Thanks, Tupple. That's not my name, sir. <laughs> no apostrophe on the label maker. <laughs> uh, but they're uh, back on the ship outside. Uh, Archer and Malcolm have almost disarmed the mine, and then it rearms itself, but Archer's able to disarm it again. Phew. <laughs> and then Malcolm's like, no, you've got to kill me. I tell you what, I'll pull this hose out of my head so I can't breathe anymore. Yeah, stop being such a bitch, Malcolm, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like it was the same in the fucking shuttle yes, yes, trip as well. Was. Like time for me to die. 
But um, <laughs> I don't think he's made it. He's cut out for this whole space adventure and stuff. He's got some serious mental issues, hasn't he? He does. He needs therapy. He really needs therapy. <laughs> Doesn't he do his own version of um of like the Jaws speech at this bit where he talks about the the HMS Clements or whatever it's called the uh, the submarine yeah and his on. his great uncle who was on the ship and, and was the engineer or something yeah we all know in reality if he's anything like Malcolm Reed they just used him to stuff a leak in the ship long enough so they could all escape and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant Reed or Lieutenant Reed. He was very heroic in saving us all by being stuffed into, I mean, fixing the engines while we drive. <laughs> he says while munching on his leg. A really important point here. Does Malcolm shit himself in this episode? Yes. Yeah, I was literally just about to say that as well. Did we skip over the part where Malcolm goes, Sir, I need the toilet. And Archie just goes, oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> You're going to be cleaning the suits out, so you might as well shit yourself. Like, I'm literally disarming a mine right now. Can you, can you just sort it yourself? Captain, I want to go to the and then toilet. Malcolm just goes, in my VP suit, sir. <laughs> I'm going to use my bum. My bum. Bum, bum, bum. I'm stinky. <laughs> Oh my god, that's a hilarious image of Malcolm lying there saying that <laughs> while Archer's trying to use a bomb and he's Just getting frustrated. Rubbing his ass in the hull, hull plating. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with this guy. <laughs> Old stinky. Luckily, Archer has a plan. And it is a bullshit plan, but it is a plan. <laughs> It's, it's peak Archer. This is like Archer doing his things. Like, we'll ride these like a surfboard. <laughs> yeah. So they just get two shuttle pod hatches. They detach the hull plating once they've got the shuttle pod hatches. Archer cuts through the spike that's pinning Malcolm to the hull plating. And then they drift away, turning around so that the uh, shuttle pod hatches are between them and the mine. The mine explodes and blasts them back to the ship. And Travis catches them using the big ship and the shuttle bay doors or something. We don't see that. We just see Travis press a button and say, oh, I got them. That was close. <laughs> Actually, what we see before that is we see Malcolm and Archer fly off in completely separate directions <laughs> yeah. from the explosion into the vacuum of space. But they cut away immediately. <laughs> uh... It it is a bullshit plan because that's that's not how space works. <laughs> I don't think you can turn around like that. Yeah, they've both landed in the exact same what shuttle bay docking area or whatever, and are conveniently unharmed. But they're on board. Yeah, and that's oh yeah. There was a conversation earlier about how long the mine was armed for ten or twenty seconds. Archer and Malcolm disagreed, and now. Archer says, we're not going to argue about this. It was 20 seconds. That's an order. And Malcolm's like, oh, I like orders. <laughs> the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they all had lemonade and went to the zoo. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's minefield. I got to you know, I think the the final plan with the, the shuttle pod hatches and all that stuff, that's bullshit. That's stupid. But the rest of the episode, I actually really liked. Yeah, it was it was decent. It was tense. It firmed up some of the characters. Everybody kind of had a bit to do. Like it wasn't just like mm. 
you know, Travis, you can play with his ball. Like, he had to <laughs> actually fly the ship, and Hoshi did some translating. Trip did some engineering. DePaul did some first officering. Doctor Flox did some doctoring, as in he, you know, got rid of a couple of lines from some documents he was working on, and also <laughs> made some people healthy again. So yeah, it was it was a group effort, and that and this show has historically not done that in, in, in a great way. Only in a few episodes have we gone, oh, everybody got to do their job this week. Yep. I'd say this this is the first episode of Enterprise in general that I've seen that is better than okay. Hooray! Uh, and <laughs> like, we found one! <laughs> I, was, I was genuinely uh, watching this episode. <laughs> so, you know, that's 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 a step up trust me yeah it, it really has been a struggle recently to <laughs> to to continue a full span of span of attention on an entire episode of enterprise but this one wasn't wasn't difficult and paid off i'm, I'm gonna say a, a a big part of that is because berman and braga weren't involved in the writing of it so much yeah it feels like may, that may be the case yeah I was according to Memory Alpha when John Shaban wrote it, it was just going to be a random unknown alien species, and it was Braga's idea for it to be the Romulans, and I actually did like that aspect of it, so I'll give him credit there. But he didn't write any of the script, so the dialogue wasn't as bad as what Enterprise has been, and you know I'm, I'm giving most of the credit to John Shaban. Yeah, none of the female characters had to strip off. Trip didn't get tits on his back or something. Yeah, it was just like. <laughs> It was a good bit of outer space procedural. Yeah, and I think it was directed well. And, you know, as we've said, that opening sequence where it all just goes to shit was done really, really well. I really liked that. And, yeah, it was, it's a fairly early in the season, pretty strong episode of Enterprise. I was thinking about this before we recorded. This, this is more of the storylines I expected to see, of just them going into space and then just encountering shit that they just weren't ready for and then having to buck up and you know build up uh, starfleet essentially and i was kind of wondering like obviously these guys have gone for the like aspect of trying to appeal to both already affirmed star trek fans and new star trek fans but caving far more towards the already affirmed star trek yeah. fan side to the point where it's like completely one-sided like how would you would you guys have done more of this kind of stuff do you think if you were in charge of doing a show that was trying to appeal to both of this kind of encountering shit that you weren't ready for and slowly bringing small references that hint at things. I, to be honest with, I mean, I know I'm saying this, having just watched this episode, which worked and then me saying, absolutely. Yes. But I mean, I don't know if you recall like my, my season guide idea from like last series where, I just, <laughs> you know, yeah, you just kind of need to have cause and effect and, and kind of wreck, you crank up the attention, the, the tension, sorry, on, on those particular things. And they did that great this episode. And as a minor spoiler, next episode, they're still going to be living with the problems of this because I watched the first like 20 seconds of it while I was desperately trying to turn off Netflix. And I was like, yeah, this is the kind of thing I wanted to see. <laughs> I want to see them to do things. And then mm. next episode, that to still be a problem if they've had problems. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with more just sort of standalone stuff happening with this crew without the weight of legacy yeah I, I feel like a lot of this episode 
should have been a first season episode. It's the way it develops Malcolm and Archer's relationship to each other, the way you learn about those two characters and how they react to things and why they are the way they are is information we could have done with earlier on. Yeah. I feel if I were show running it, I wouldn't bring the Romulans in it yet, but I don't mind it in this episode because the way they do it works for me. So I'm fine with that. But this is where I'd have put the Klingons in. Yeah, actually, this would be a good good time to bring them in. Yeah. Although, I, would Klingons really leave a minefield, or would they just blow you the fuck up? Oh, they, if they needed mm-hmm. to put a minefield there, they would. I, they wouldn't be against the minefield, surely. They just call them honor mines, so that it is an <laughs> honorable way to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned that as well. That is true. I would feel it's a little frustrating that it's taken this long just to explain Malcolm in like any capacity. Because... Yeah. Like, we would still have ragged on him despite, you know, knowing that. But if we'd known that from early on, then we would have been able to at least understand a lot of his behavior in the last season that we've already seen. Imagine the tensions that they could have generated between Malcolm and Archer in the first series. Like, and I know it's Star Trek and everyone's supposed to get on, but like this series above all of the other Star Treks is prime to have inter inter crew conflict because they're not Hmm. Starfleet at this point. They are still like human. There's a fucking Royal Navy still for some reason in this universe, uh, which which I've never quite been able to figure out what it does. Maybe it just kind of like rescues people out of the sea or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 obvious that there are sort of more sort of like tensions uh, amongst people. There's there's less sort of everyone's everyone's probably because like the thing about the original series and Next Generation is we're looking at a society where everyone's grown up without needs and mental health services are fucking amazing. So everybody gets on this time period. doesn't have that. Hmm. I, I feel like the, the Royal Navy I think is still there because at this point, Britain is still going, we don't need the EU and we're still Brexiting. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Brexit still continues to try and happen. <laughs> When Earth joins the United Federation of Planets, Britain doesn't for another 20 years, you know, it's because we're exceptional. Yeah, because we're all like Malcolm. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, so so Elliot, you're saying this is, is this your favorite episode of Enterprise so far? Perhaps, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think for me, I still think the prison camp one from season one is better than this slightly. Oh, no, this tramps that but for me. I'm, I'm glad we finally found one you like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm the easiest to please, but yeah, I did think this was one of the better episodes uh, of the series hmm. so far. I won't say I've fully committed to like yet, but it's definitely better than okay as an episode of a sci-fi series. Like, Honestly... But when we were on our between seasons hiatus, I was talking to um, Andy Clift, who is a, a comic book artist and writer. He's a massive Star Trek fan. We're going to have him on the show this season at some point. But uh, he, I said to him, you know, I have very little memory of season two, if I'm honest. And the response I got from him didn't fill me with much hope. He was like, yeah, I don't think it's as good as season one. But honestly, Ooh. for me, so far, season two is actually opening, apart from that first episode, yeah, a much stronger than season one did. I know that Elliot didn't like last week's episode at all, but I did mm. enjoy last week's episode. So, so far, yeah, it's, it's been two out of three. Not necessarily like hits, but I didn't hate the last two episodes for sure. 
Yeah, yeah the, the first episode was fine, I guess, but yeah, it's good to be. Uh, it, I mean, the first episode at least had what's his name, Sulagon guy, Silic, Silic, hamming it up. That's fine. All of them had a little bit of something for me. First episode, the first episode felt like a super cheesy movie, like a, a Sharknado style movie. <laughs> this like, definitely is a Sharknado Star Trek. Uh huh. This is the name of one of their ships. I mean, look, we all know that at some point in season two, the Temporal Cold War is coming back. So it's not all what? going to be good. That. <laughs> well, now you do, because I've just told you. But season two so far, you know, maybe we are on an upswing. That would be nice. They can keep this pace up. I'll be very pleasantly surprised if they can keep this pace up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember what the next episode is about. But I suppose this is the bit where you talk about that, right? It is, yeah. So, Elliot, <laughs> our next episode is Dead Stop. Given Matt's already given you a slight clue, and I have no memory of the episode whatsoever, and I've even just looked it up on Memory Alpha, what are you expecting? So, yeah, uh, by the sounds of it, they'll be dealing with the hole in the ship, most likely. <laughs> well, there we go. A whole episode where they just put plasters on the ship. That's what we're <laughs> going to get. We're going to need a bigger plastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have anything else to say about Minefield? Uh, no, I think we covered everything. It was I, I enjoyed how the Romulans happened in it, even though, yeah, I agree we didn't necessarily need the Romulans. You know what would have been a good co- comeback for this episode? Those creepy aliens that fire like the Delta-shaped beams at them, and, and they have to fix the laser cannons onto Enterprise to fight back. They would have been a decent comeback for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did really enjoy that they never came back. That's cool, but they would have been a perfect set of aliens. And if you didn't want to use legacy ones, yeah, I agree. Actually, that would have been good. But as I said, I'd have been good with that. I'm fine with it being the Romulans as well because I, I think the Romulans aren't really going to be touched on again for a while in Enterprise, if I recall correctly. But yeah, absolutely fine with that. And yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a good episode. Cool. Um, seven. I, mean, I wasn't expecting it to actually improve after my, you know, <laughs> tirade last week. So uh, pleasantly surprised. Seven out of ten. Good job, Ooh. Enterprise. Oh, that's, that's almost a perfect goal. score from Elliot. Yeah, that's really not. That's <laughs> generous. Seven out of ten. I think it's three point <laughs> five, maybe three point six out of five. And I'll I'll give it fifteen out of twenty since we're all doing different scales. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of Malcolm Reed's will to live to Jonathan Archer's <laughs> will to impose himself on other people, I give it um, a trip tucker looking at breasts. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Enthusiastic, but... <laughs> I give it a T'Pol throwing some shade. <laughs> I give it a Travis doing whatever he does on the ship. Nobody knows. <laughs> Who is Travis? <laughs> well, uh, we will be back next week to discuss Dead Stop. In the meantime, all our social media details, there are links to those in the description of the episode, as well as to Elliot's SoundCloud, in case you want to listen to our wonderful theme tune whenever you like, or other bits of music he's done. I'm not the boss of you. Listen to whatever you want. We do also have a coffee that is also linked to in the account. This is a website, by the way. I'm not talking about the beverage. In case you don't know, coffee, K-O-F-I, is a site where you can go to where you can tip 
people whose work you enjoy. We have a presence there. So if you do enjoy the show and you're in a position to tip us on there, we would greatly appreciate it. All proceeds will be fed back into the show. God, technology is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Everybody take care and we will be back with you in a week's time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.